What's up, everyone? This is Andrew Schwab from Project 86, and you're listening to Interview Under Fire. All right, everyone, I want to welcome you all back to a brand new episode of Interview Under Fire. This is your one one and only, your host, your Sonny here, taking you through this edition. And today I have the honor of speaking with the immensely talented singer, author, jack of all trades extraordinaire. And yes, those are all facts. Andrew Schwab, bro, thank you so much for joining our IUF series. Don't shake your head at me. <laughs> thank you for joining our IUF series today. You know, here we are, dude, uh, in the midst of a big year for you and the rest of the guys over at Project Freaking 86 with the drop of your latest heavy hitter titled Omni Part 1. I mean, it's precursor, and which recently dropped on March 24th. My neighbors, Andrew, all I know so far is they have loved this record. My window is right there. <laughs> my stereo is right there. I've been blasting that since uh, your publicist sent it over to me. Bro, congratulations. I mean, I think this is the 11th LP and Project 86. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy discography, yeah. and the reception has been nothing short of spectacular so far. Your band has been a constant in my life, like we talked about before the interview started. I can't wait to unravel so much about this insane album and everything that went behind this. Before we get to all that, how are you? I don't think I haven't asked you that. I'm doing great, man. It's 2023. Yeah, it's you have this exciting year lineup. Have you had the chance to just take this all in? Oh, no. It's been (laughs) just one... One we'll, good. We'll do some reflecting after here. another. <laughs> yeah, there's been a lot going on, man. I just flew into town yesterday from being in Nashville, yeah. recording for ten days. I have a short breather here, and then we're doing a shoot for uh, the film that we're working on, another music video, basically. Yep, or two two music videos. So that's coming up. I've got a lot of work to do for that, and it's just never ending. You know, between recording and writing music the visual content we're working on uh book and uh our patreon community and plus all the other day-to-day admin things that go into this thing so it's been a really really busy season prolific season which (laughs) i'm thankful for and uh just a whirlwind of excitement man dude i mean uh, i was i was gonna joke oh you're not busy at all (laughs) this is one after another (laughs) after another uh shout out i'm gonna give a just a quick shout out if it's all right to my brothers james and ruben who are both drummers uh what up guys ruben actually lives in nashville and he's he's okay he's a drummer and guitarist out there my brother james obviously looks up to so much what you've done throughout your career um so shout out to those guys and real quick andrew here's the thing you are from the oc right and we're yeah. gonna do a little reflecting here. So uh, I've been in California for three years. My what my, my favorite place to be is Fullerton, OC area. For mm-hmm. diehard fans and listeners who don't already know, here's the thing: you've really been through quite the journey to get to where you are today, Andrew. Almost almost three decades with Project Eighty Six. Do you ever look back on those days where this all began with Matt, Ethan, and Randy? I mean, you know, I mean, when we're talking about reflecting and, you know, I know, I know like the pandemic kind of taught us that as well. I've been reflecting a lot since then. Everything is one by in a blink at the same time, you know, here's because mm-hmm. you're approaching 30 years of this band. That's it's it's not easy to just be around all those years and still just like just absolutely putting out amazing music. That's just I mean, this album even as well, we'll, we'll get to later. But are you someone who's nostalgic like I am? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, I reflect all the time on on the journey, and that's one of the things I mentioned. The Patreon community, I do a biweekly podcast that's surrounding P86, both the process of making this 
latest material and all the content, mm. as well as a lot of historical stories and lyrics and albums and, you know, all, just trying to look back on all of it. Uh, yeah, I, I, I really do and have spent a lot of time reflecting on this journey. And, you know, you're like, you've been doing the same thing for almost 30 years. And it's not like I haven't tried to lay it down, leave it behind almost every step of the way. Mm-hmm. And and I know this may sound cliche, but it's absolutely true. Our supporters, I don't even call them fans, but if we're going to use that word, you know, our fans yeah. are so, so stubborn. They're more stubborn than I am about supporting this thing every step of the way and uh, really trusting my every whim when it comes to, oh, we want to try this. James, he's talking to you. <laughs> grandiose, bizarre thing that we can't possibly pull off. Let's do a double album. Uh, six additional songs. Uh, write two books and a, an animated film that goes for one, goes along with one of the halves of the double album. Let's do all that. And I'll try not to die, and I'll try to make it really awesome. And so, it's the, the fans are driving all of it. I, I promise. And uh, you mentioned your podcast that you—that's the Pioneers podcast, is that right? No, this is a, um, a separate one. I actually, okay. do three podcasts. That's, and that's th- awesome. Dude. Th- this one is the—it's uh, the final chapter of Project Eighty Six on Patreon. So it's patreon.com slash p eight six two five. It's not public it's only for patreon people. gotcha gotcha and uh, uh, but we have a big community there so it's it's been it's been really cool and uh, uh, and just, just for our listeners they can join your patreon through your website your social links uh so on and so forth is that is that correct yeah if they just go to project86.com yeah. there's a link to our patreon there on the first thing first page you see when you, as soon as you said final chapter my heart kind of just sunk a little bit but you know <laughs> well, we could talk about that <laughs> yeah yeah it's it, there's a story to it now uh, and it's it's ever yeah. evolving <laughs> uh, we'll we'll definitely discuss that because i knew it was in the back of my head should i have mentioned it and then you brought it up and here's the thing one of the things that makes project 86 project 86 dude is the live presence that you guys have on stage you have on stage andrew really and this is a topic i'll never stop talking Thanks, about because man. there's so many un- there's this uncanny sense that you have of feeding the energy from the crowd like it, it's just I mean, no wonder you're my uh, my brother's first show is seeing you guys perform live. And Project Eighty Six has been around the block, dude, with POD and Blindside, Head PE, uh, Lincoln Park, Queensrÿche. If I'm not even mistaken, Haste the Day, yeah. which I think they're making a comeback this year. Um, Seven Dust mm-hmm. and August Burns Red. August Burns Red. Shout out to guys. shout out to Matt Griner. He's been on my show twice. Uh, yeah. they're, they're one of my favorite love bands, Matt. obviously. I love Matt. Uh, love August Burns Red. They were just here also with Devil Wars Prada. You know, Andrew, I'm mentioning this because I, I, I got to ask, what is it about, you know, especially live music? This is something that was stripped away from us a couple of years ago, right? We don't know what things would be like a year or two or three down the road since 2020. What is it about live music that really brings out the best in you, man? Because I feel like out of anything you've done in your life, this is where you are in your element because when after the show and whatever yeah. show it is, they're talking about you, man. The fans are talking about Project 86. Dude, who was that hardcore band that was performing? It's like the Project 86. And they've been around, I mean, for a long time. It's like, really? Let me, wh- how many albums do they have? About like eight or nine. This is out of the time when you had eight or nine, but now you have like 11. But, you know, it, do, do you feel like you're in this? 
just a state of euphoria when you're like on the stage and you're you're you see this energy from the crowd because you know you're drinking coffee with me here you know it's just mm. it's really cool to see just you cut loose and really be yourself out of anything you've done uh yeah i mean i think i think that's a good word to use like euphoria like it's definitely a portal to another dimension for me uh it's an opportunity to express myself in a way that i don't i'm not able to in real life every day it's just a different facet of my personality it's mm -hmm. almost like jekyll and hyde you know i'm def you know i've met a lot of people over the years who are, who are like oh my gosh you're nothing like what i imagined you would be <laughs> from seeing your show and i said well yeah that's that's everything that i can't do that i still feel that's really genuine it's not an act you know, but it's mm -hmm. everything that I genuinely feel passionately that I just can't embody or express in everyday life. Uh, so there's always this uh, sort of, you know, harnessing of of deeper places uh, when I'm able to perform. And you, you you said it best because that that is genuinely how I feel when I'm on the stage, especially if it's a it's a great crowd and you know. I can tap into the energy in the room or, or the potential energy in the room. I feel most at home there, you know, more yeah. than, you know, sitting alone, writing words or performing in the studio. As much as I love those things, it's being in front of an audience where I feel the most comfortable in my skin. And that takes a very unique brokenness and narcissism. <laughs> <laughs> And we should just end it right there. <laughs> uh, so I, I, I'm willing to acknowledge at this stage of my career that the reason why not everybody could do this job is because they're they're not all shattered internally in this in the way that that front men are. <laughs> Man, uh, I love that answer, bro. And you know, and now that you're mentioning it, it's it's almost like I can't even ignore it at this point. I feel like it's easier said than done when you know that this is your final chapter. How difficult or mm. easy was that process, man? Because there are bands who say, yeah, this is our final chapter. And then they come back and do like three more tours. You know, mm. Kiss, Kiss is doing <laughs> how many breakups have they had? How many reunion tours have they had? You know, uh, Slayer, they're I mean, they're done. Who knows? They may come back a couple years later. But mm -hmm. that that's a very interesting, you know, uh, just a thought like is this it you know and this is there a clock in your head that just goes off and you kind of start to feel i don't know pressure at, the, at that same time yeah let's talk about this because as i mentioned there is a story here that is still developing hmm. for me personally inside of all this i <clears throat> you know there's a lot to it and i want to keep it as simple as i can in in making that decision and announcing that a couple of years ago now, it, it had been a long time in coming. And like I said, every step of the way, I've always kind of questioned, is this what I'm supposed to be doing? Is this my path? Every record in different ways has felt like, okay, this has got to be the last one. You know, I never said that publicly, but uh, there were many times along the way where, where I, I was like, this, this is going to be the last one. There's no way I'm going to keep going. The reason why this one, it was different because I, I announced it is just because of how I had been feeling 
from the previous record. Album 10, nice round number. Really felt burnt out after Sheep Among Wolves. Great album. Really, really was over a lot of the the off the stage, out of the studio elements of the equation. Uh, really, really felt burned out on the admin of it all and all of the behind the scenes stuff. And it took me a couple of years to even entertain, you know, circling back. I really didn't do much uh, Project 86ing for quite a while, even though we were playing shows and stuff yeah. uh, with my, my all my time at home. I was doing other things because of that burnout. And so it took a couple of years and really, really daily pondering of the announcement and decision. And I, like, I said, you know, man, I just don't know creatively what else we can do here to keep this thing exciting for us and for the fans and for me personally. In addition to that, and this was the biggest part of the puzzle, I would say 75% of it. And this goes back to, you know, you've, you've followed the band for a while, and I think you'll probably remember some of the things I'll, I'm about to share, or, or your brother will, um, or you both will. I Going back to Truthless Heroes, our third album, it was a very strange time for the band. There was a lot of pressure uh, on the process because after Drawing Black Lines or, or during Drawing Black Lines, the band really kind of blew up. And we were picked up in a licensing situation by Atlantic Records. And then we started doing more major label, mainstream focused tours mm -hmm. and, and, and such. So the band was really primed to break out in the bigger sense going into our third record. But behind the scenes, what was really going on was we were in a situation where we wanted Atlantic and our entire team was pushing them to buy out our deal, our original deal with Tooth & Nail Records, which was a six album deal. And it was not, you know, it was not the greatest artist friendly deal. So, you know, our attorney and our, our business people were like, yo, if you guys want to make a living doing this, you guys got to get into a better situation. Let's let's put it on Atlantic's table to buy you guys out. And so Atlantic's response, and it was all sort of covert. It wasn't like every day I was getting an email or a phone call saying this, but the understood element was hand us the, the music that we want to market you guys, i.e. write singles, and then you know we'll, we will buy you out of your deal. So the focus on Truthless Heroes was definitely totally different than Drawing Black Lines and then the music certainly reflects this our focus was you know how do we how do we write music that could propel us to the next level album sales wise part of that part of that equation meant spending a lot more time and energy writing songs and trying to write quote unquote hit songs right that yeah. was the big the big part of the thing that we had never experienced before and was never part of our motivation well that was a lot of pressure and when we got into the studio, there was a perfect storm of circumstances that equated to a really bad thing happening to me personally. Uh, that subconscious pressure, uh, the length of time, all that was at stake, we, we took like 18 months to write that record, uh, sort of culminated with the moment before I was to sing the vocals in the studio. We recorded all the instruments and then we took a break for the weekend and we went to Vegas. And I think that was our producer's idea. I don't blame him obviously, because uh, we all were on board, which is having some fun. 
but we got we we went to Vegas and I came back and uh we started vocals that Monday or Tuesday. I got in a vocal booth and we got into the first song and I started singing and I started to get into my voice doing that kind of shouting sound that yeah. is kind of my thing. And my voice didn't work. I've never had laryngitis in my life, but I've always had struggles with losing my voice and uh, using my voice properly. It's always been a battle. It's always been stressful. So I went to sing and instead of my voice, the normal sound coming out, it would just sort of break and get croaky and crack. And I'm like, dude, something's wrong. It doesn't feel right. So producer's on the talk back in the control room. He's like, we'll try it again. So I keep trying it over and over again. And each time I start pushing it a little harder. I'm like, well, maybe I'm just not in it yet. So that was my normal way of singing back then was just pushing harder. So if I was sick, I pushed harder. If I lost my voice, I pushed harder. It's kind of the natural thing that you want to do to make your voice work. Mm -hmm. But it just didn't feel right. It never felt like that before or since. I pushed it. I pushed it. I pushed it. Finally, on this one take, I pushed it really hard. And I felt something literally break in my throat. Like like a pop almost. And then I felt pain immediately like in the side of my neck. And I said, dude, we got to stop. I broke something in my voice. And it, it freaked me out, man. So the next day, I went and saw my vocal coach. Yeah. Who was who's, uh, one of, he's probably the premier to this day, like vocal coach in like LA. He, he, he worked with everyone from Maynard, from Tool to Chris Cornell to Bjork uh, and, and Eminem and all these big name people that I looked up to. So that was kind of the trip working with this dude. His name's Ron Anderson. And I went in and I saw him the next day and he, he's like, all right, let's try to sing a little bit. And I was struggling, kind of like felt my neck. He's like, I think you have a nodule, man, which was like the singers, every singer's worst nightmare basically, yeah. because that, oh, that can lead down a, a death spiral. So he's like, I'm going to make you an appointment with uh, the the baller voice doctor in L.A. And so it was like the same dude, but the voice doctor, his name, I think he's retired now. His name yeah. is Dr. Sugarman. And he's who all the uh, the actors and the actresses and the, you know, the big names. So you saw like the premier doctors for this. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So I went in and, hey, what's up? And he's, you know telling me oh ozzy was just in here and like he's telling me all these stories <laughs> that's so rad crazy this is weird and crazy but i'm so stressed out about my voice i don't care about any of that i'm just like fix me so he's like all right we're gonna look at your vocal cords so what they do when they look at your vocal cords i always i don't know why i enjoy telling this but it, it's so bizarre like they take this long skinny up, up the nose tube. yeah they go up your nose and down your throat it's supremely uncomfortable I've done that um, before. It's, it, yeah, I can attest to that. <laughs> yeah, it's it sucks. And yeah. and uh, so they look at your vocal cords and they shoot a video of it. So they show me my vocal cord, or you know, they make me sing or whatever with the things up my nose, you know, which is totally weird in and of itself. And then they take it out and they, and they show me on the video. Okay, here's your vocal cords, which looks exactly like a vagina, which I never knew, which was kind of funny. <laughs> yeah, the but, vocal cords. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So. I was like, okay. He's like, well, you have a vocal cord nodule. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Man. It's like my heart just sank. Because it's like, 
my fears came true. So he's like, let's make you a, an appointment to a speech therapist. So I go see a speech therapist and thus begins like a one year journey into hell for me of like voice rest, <laughs> voice uh, coaching, speech therapy and trips to the doctor in LA. So I'm living in Orange County. So that's an hour each way. I, yeah. You're talking about dozens of trips up to see all these people. And in between, I'm not allowed to talk at all. So unless I'm recording in the studio or on the road playing a show for like six months to a year, I couldn't talk. So it was like super isolating. So I, I go through this whole process and we're tour touring on Truthless Heroes. And as it's happening, my nodule is getting worse and worse and worse. It's getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Finally, I made, I made an appointment to get surgery. And I don't know if you're familiar with that surgery, but they basically just go in and cut the thing off your vocal cords. But then if, if you have issues with like acid reflux or you mm -hmm. make a mistake and cough wrong or do anything during the period of time when it's healing for the couple weeks after that, you can permanently damage your voice and lose it forever. So it is an extremely uh, risky surgery. You're telling me uh, you were, you were, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, Andrew, but were, were you telling me that you were able to tour during that time frame as well? Yeah, I was touring, mm -hmm. but it was getting worse. So Sheesh. when we were doing the bigger stuff on Truthless Heroes, I yeah. was dealing with that. Um, you know, touring with uh, doing shows with 30 Seconds to Mars. Uh, we went out with that band Taproot, Seven Dust. Um, we were doing a lot of stuff, and I was dealing with this the whole time. Excuse me. Also, the headlining stuff we did and the co headline with Blindside, all of it. So I, I finally just got sick of it. Like, I was on the precipice of getting the surgery, and I thought about it. I prayed about it and I, I just was like, you know, I don't feel like this is the right thing to do. So I canceled it. And then I stopped seeing all those people. And I'm like, if I'm going to keep doing this, I'm just going to figure it out on my own. I don't, wow. I don't know if I was making it worse, making it better. I was totally risking it, but I went to the other extreme and just was like, screw it. I'm not even going to think about it. And I'm just going to do my thing. And it worked, I, I guess, but I, I never went back to the doctor. So for from 2003 to 2022, I had been carrying with me this latent uh, uh, stress, fear, horror, terror, whatever you want to call it, uh -huh. just really low-level anxiety regarding my voice. And people that were closest to me over that time were like, you know, your voice just sounds raspier and raspier and raspier the further you go uh you're probably going to lose your voice at some point if you don't stop people close to me friends in the industry other mm -hmm. singers i have friends in the industry who kept going and pushed it and that happened to them or they basically were one step short of vocal cord paralysis and there were plenty of times on the way where I lost my voice, blew it out, couldn't talk for two weeks. I'm like, for sure, I'm damaging my voice further and further and further. But I didn't know because I was afraid to go to the doctor. So 2022 comes around. We were just about at the point where I needed to go in and sing for Omni Part 1. We had recorded and written the music, and it was sounding really killer. And then I got COVID. And you talk about deja vu, man. I got COVID, and... For about a week, I was sick. This is the beginning of last year. And then 
it took about a week to recover. Well, during that one week of recovery, I was in my car. And one of the things I love to do in my car is just crank the music. I have mm-hmm. a good system in my car. I, uh, I augmented it, you know, I beefed it up with a sub. Like I've got this killer sound system in my car and, and I crank it and listen to music and sing along. That's just what I do. That's what I love. You know, it's what I've done my whole life. Ever since I got my driver's license, I'd listen to loud music in my car and I sing along. That's how I learned to sing. Uh, so I'm in my car and I'm listening to, I was listening to Bjork, her homogenic record, which I had not listened to in ages, but I used to really like Bjork and she has crazy range on that record. And it's kind of a strange record for me because it's the record she recorded after seeing Ron Anderson for like a year. Maybe I'm not even allowed to share this publicly, but she had nodules on her vocal cords uh, on the record that she did previous to that. And you can hear it on the record. Post is the one that came out before Homogenic. And she worked with Ron Anderson for like a year, 18 months, and got rid of her vocal nodules without surgery. And you can hear it on Homogenic, like it's her best record performance-wise from a, a, a voice perspective. Just the difference between those two records is incredible. So I'm singing along to Homogenic, and the exact same thing happens to me as happened to me (laughs) in the studio when we first started tracking Truthless Heroes. I feel something pop in my throat, and I feel the same pain, but it's on the other side. Well, the fear is when you have a vocal cord nodule on one side that it ends up going to the other side and then making it so your vocal cords of your range which is why you have to have surgery so your vocal cords can come back together that's how you make sound is your vocal cords come together so and nodules prevent your vocal cords from coming together they're just calluses that develop from misusing your voice so i'm like oh my gosh i finally did it i finally got the second nodule i can feel it my it's sore it's it's blown out it's i'm done dude before my uh, penultimate uh, moment as a vocalist in the studio, I finally ruined my voice. So I put myself on voice rest for a month. I drove the guys I was working with to write the music and, and finish the pre-production. Nuts, because I was using a speech-to-text app to talk. Uh, and I, I chose a British woman's voice and I would type all these jokes and she would talk for me. <laughs> I think we called her Karen. Um <laughs> And uh, I just drove those guys nuts. I, I'm sure they were sick of me. Uh, big shout to the Putmans and uh, Grayson for enduring that. Because uh, I know it was awkward. So I get through it. A month goes by and I still can't sing. And I'm like, I have to go to the doctor. I've been putting this off for 20 years. I have to go to the doctor and get this sorted out. Hmm. See if I can record this record. So Omnipart 1, in my mind, almost didn't happen. So I go to the doctor, face my fears, my 20-year fears, the anxiety of it all, the, the, the pressure, the, the, the terror, you know, the thing I've been carrying with me, the monkey on my back. I don't know how to overstate this enough. And I, I go to this doctor, random doctor, not the same doctor from back in the day. I actually hit that guy up, and I was like, you know what? I'm not driving to L.A. I don't want to do any of that. I'm going to find a doctor near me. So I found one near me. Went in, she puts the thing in my nose. I'm like, oh, I forgot about this. (laughs) Yeah, this sucks. 
shoots the video of my vocal cords and it's literally like she takes it out and she's like okay let's have a look and i've got my eyes closed and i, I do literally the like move you know the, the hollywood thing yeah and i like o- open one eye to look at it she shows me my vocal cords and she's like oh look they're perfect whatever problems you had are completely gone all you're dealing with right now is some residual COVID. It's a little bit swollen in your throat. Just take some allergy spray and it'll help that swelling to go down and you should be good to go to record and do everything you need to do. Well, I wasn't ready for that what? at all. <laughs> I wasn't ready for to hear I, that. I wasn't ready to hear that either. I, was like, I wasn't ready for that. That was the one scenario I was not prepared for. I was prepared to get the bad news and be like, okay, I'm telling the world. Can't do it. It's, it's just the way it is, you know, like I accepted it completely. So if you can imagine, I'm walking out of that office to the elevator and it's again, a Hollywood moment where the world is spinning around me and I'm standing still. It's like, a like you see the, those shots in, in movies, in films. You're, you're it's like illustrating the for this. You're illustrating this perfectly for me, by the way. As I'm like thinking, the go, the GoPro camera. Who's gonna play Andrew Schwab around. in this role? <laughs> you know what I mean. The GoPro camera is going around. The world is spinning, and I'm just like, I don't know what I don't, I'm. It's so such unfamiliar, weird, uncertain territory to have everything be okay and be awesome. And finally, I walk out and I'm on the sidewalk, walking to my car, and I'm like, I got to call someone. I don't even remember who I called. I start calling people, friends and family and stuff. I mean, I just went to the doctor and found out that my two-decade fears have gone away. Like, they're, I don't know whether it was a miracle or it was all in my head the whole time. Did you time. feel any pain or, like, that day? Or- Dude, it just, it, yeah, on the way there, I'd been dealing with it the whole time. Dude, it just went away. It just went away. And I swear I didn't make it up. It wasn't just, I'm sitting there singing in my car and I imagined something happened to my throat. It was real. It hurt every day to talk and I could not sing. And so it went away. And a few weeks later, I'm in the studio with uh, Bo Burchell, who I have to give a shout out to him because he he produced the vocals and mixed the record. Yeah. What a, what a great dude to work with. Uh, super talented it was a treat to work with him and i'm in there and i'm doing the vocals for omni part one and we're doing i'm doing new stuff like i had been doing the kind of death growl thing live for about a decade really to save my voice because when i sing that way i don't sing as hard well your death growl uh, scary my neighbors oh, that's all i know and it's working well i had never done it before on a record i did it on a christmas song a couple of years back and it turned out pretty cool so i was like i'm gonna introduce this into these songs and people are gonna think that it's a guest vocalist or something it's, because i've never dude, done this before it's and so good i i got in there and i'm si- i'm doing the vocals and we got a couple songs in and Bo sits there and and the way his studio is set up he has his back to me when i'm tracking uh, and I'm, I'm looking on the other side of the room and he's at his console and we get through a take on, I think it was the song uh, Metatropolis, which was the second song that we tracked. And he turns around, he looks at me, he's like, dude, I got to say it. This is the best stuff you've ever done. He's like, and you sound better than you ever have. And I'm like, 
I feel like I found my voice 27 years into my career. Like my career starts right now. I finally figured it out how to sing and how I sound best. And it's not like I'm abandoning all the other stuff that I've done along the way. It's just another year or whatever. But I'm like, I, I don't know what this means, dude. Like I told the world this is it. And I feel like I've just been re freaking born. And so I go home that night. I'm listening to Metatropolis in my car. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is heavy. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is good. This is really good. When people hear this, they're going to freak because it's so good <laughs> and it's so heavy. And I'm like, this is the music I've always wanted to make because ever since we did Drawing Black Lines, I wanted to go heavier, or at least part of me did. And we became a rock band from that moment forward for like eight records. We were like a hard rock band. And I'm like, screw it, dude. I'm a, I want metal. I want heavy which is why I kind of like approached my friend Corey, who sings for that band, Norma Jean. We had been in touch throughout the whole Corey pandemic. Brandon, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, yo, dude, I don't know what this means. Like, he's one of my best buds throughout that whole time. I was like, I want to do a freaking heavy record. I'm like, do you want to do a song with me? And he's like, why don't we write one? I was like, all right, let's write one. We start working together. He's like, dude, why don't you just let me like help you make this record? He's like, I don't know what that means. Like, I don't necessarily want any credit, but let me just help you make this record. I'll connect you with my world of people that I've worked with along the way. And I'm like, dude, that would be freaking amazing. And I said, but let's not make like a Frankenstein of Project 86 and Norma Jean. Let's make something unique. You know, let's come up with a sound that's unique, you, you know, mm -hmm. individual to this project. So he connected me with Matt, his brother, who I was really, really uh, close with like over 20 years ago because we we toured together when he was in Living Sacrifice and I hadn't talked to him in so long and like we eventually ended up going over to his house and he has a studio there called Electric Nebraska and we reconnected and it just felt right and so him and then uh, Grayson uh, Stewart uh, who plays with Corey and he also plays um, in another band uh, what's the name of his other band? I'm trying to remember it right now. Uh, it's escaping me right now, but Grayson's other band is really awesome. And I can't remember the name of it. It'll um, come back. It'll come. It'll come. It'll come to me. Uh, and then uh, Corey actually referred me to Bo, um, and also Michael, who ended up engineering uh, and working on both both part one and part two. Uh, and, and so, like, dude, it just all came together in this way that was so special and crazy. And I just working with all these guys, so freaking talented, man. I just kept saying, people are going to say, A, I cheated. And B, like, dude, I'm the least talented person in this room. And they're like, oh, come on, man. Like, oh, I feel that way. I'm the least talented person in this room. Like, all the time making this record. I get just get to be here. And, like, you guys are helping execute my vision, right? Because I had this whole vision mapped out before the record. And they're just helping me execute it and dealing with my insanity of like uh, grandio grandiosity, you know, no, it's gotta be this way, you know, and this, you know, but they just, they were patient and helped me do it. And uh, uh, it, it's just been awesome, man. It's just been so cool. You, 
I don't even know where to go from that. Uh, Andrew, you kind of just took the, not kind of, you actually did take the words out of my mouth because I was about to say, this is your best work. Are you sure you want to call it? (laughs) Because, well, I'm doing the same thing. I'm doing the same thing. I'm going, I don't know what this means. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what's coming next. And like, oh, I was listening to the record and I'm just, and I'm just like, I'm midway through and I'm just like, Really? He's calling it after like this is it? They can this is their best work. <laughs> and this is part one. <laughs> and I'm just I, I can't wait to talk to James about this. Uh because the talk about divine intervention. If they kind of if I can't even like say that. Everything that you just decided on, you had this dilemma in your head. It's like, okay, isn't it weird how the things work out sometimes? Like you mm-hmm. come to a decision and then the signs just show up one after the other after the other and it's just i don't know i really don't know if there's a word to describe that because you are at i think you are at your best right now i agree and i appreciate that but i feel that way not only that but listen to what you just told me in just that entire uh, i don't know how long it was it, it, it was that story but you have a unmatched passion for what you do. I want you to keep that in mind. I don't know how many people have told yeah. you this, but especially for how long you've been around in my life and just this extraordinary story that you just told me, your your experience is dealing with everything you've dealt with and just this reawakening. I can see your eyes. like you're, you're, It just lights up when you're talking about this album, like you found yourself after people, some people don't never find their themselves, you know, they, yeah, like yeah. they, they do their thing and then they're done. And at the last minute, something happens and you don't plan for it. And that's the crazy thing about life, dude, I'm graduating in a couple of weeks. I'm 34. Mm, I wasn't, I, I, I thought this was going to be done. I didn't know what I was going to do 10 years ago. I started mm-hmm. over and and I'm finally, I didn't plan for this, but I'm at the best point in my life where I own my own publication. I'm actually doing something with my life that I love. I get to speak to amazing people like you, who the best part about this podcast and my publication is I learned so much about myself as much as I learned from you and the connection that we have. And like, I'm a better person because of this, because mm-hmm. of what you've done. And I know I'm a better person after this podcast because of what you just told me. And, you know, I just think, and not only that, just beyond the surface, whoever is out there listening to your story, I really see that story of perseverance and resilience, resilience. I mean, Jesus Christ, dude. I mean, how do you explain that? And Mm, I don't know. I Omni- think you just did, actually. <laughs> Omni Part One. I mean, okay, l- let's get to this because, again, thank you so much for sharing so much about that. I'm gonna go back and listen to that, and, and just so much I would just want to dissect from that at, at some point. I'll definitely bring it back later on. But Omni Part One dropped. It dropped about uh, what is it? About a month ago. I know it's been a minute since 2017. Sheep Among Wolves. I absolutely love this record, but man, now you have this like sixth sense, uh, Andrew, of de- uh, incorporating these brutal yet emotionally creative uh, blends of this post-hardcore, new metal, metalcore, 
make no mistake, you know, bands have cited you as influential people for how they go about creating music. I mean, bands today, Project 86. And <laughs> what are they going to say after after this part? And then, you know, here you are. I mean, the challenges of keeping things fresh after almost 30 years. And it's so hard. It's so hard. But you're doing it. Omni, let's get to Omni. Uh, and I'm a huge, huge sci-fi nerd. On the other side of my room, I got movies. Me too. Like Blade Runner, Interstellar. Like It's just, it's filled. And I come from, uh, I mean, one of my favorite movies of all time is Aliens. And Omni, mm-hmm. if people don't know, it's an immersive sci-fi horror media experience. One part double album, uh, one part film, one part novel. You're an author. And dude, just... Uh, I'm I'm just what's on the surface again, the things about this story here because it's more than just the music, the augment, the years 2041. There's uh, uh the uh there's a character named Alexander Ophis, if I said his name right, who is the founder mm-hmm. of a tech company called Omni, which is the name of the album. And you mentioned how Omni is uh it's an uh, amalgam of many major elite players in global politics and. He's like one one part Elon Musk, uh, Klaus Schwab, and one part Bill Gates, but more of a sadistic, twisted, and corrupted than all of them combined. Mm-hmm. I mean, dude, where how do you come up with a concept like this and then just create like when is the film coming out? Who are you gonna hire? Like it's just so the budget. Like, it's just it's crazy. Like uh, I mean, that's amazing. You invented this whole new world in my head as I'm listening to this album. I love that, dude. Like, and it's just, it really, it gives Project 86, I feel like a new layer of creativity that I, I was never prepared for. And, <laughs> you know, you get what I'm saying? Like, this new yeah, part yeah, of Project sure. 86 is going to sure. present to the fans. They're going to be like, holy shit, what is this? This is amazing. Tell me more. I mean, I, I'm just picturing the graphic novel, even. Like, if I can even imagine something like that. Project 86, Omni, and there's this, like, beam that's going up into the sky or something like that and how uh anyway i I feel like i could talk about this forever but if you want to take it from me help me out because this is insane yeah yeah there's a lot to it but it's pretty simple first and foremost there are a lot of things that i've been wanting to do but never did uh one is write a piece of fiction uh in general and the other is write a piece of fiction that was uh based upon a piece of music or vice versa. Mm-hmm. And I've always also wanted to do animated content. And so, you know, we dropped three music videos. There are actually small pieces uh, of the yes. greater film. So we will, you know, you're not getting the full picture when you watch these music videos, but trust me, there's more to it than what you know in, in terms of how it fits into this greater story. Uh, so, I had all these boxes I wanted to check. And I'm like, well, this is going to be the last thing. I might as well do this, this, and this, even if it kills me. I don't know how I'm going to pull it all off. I don't know how I'm going to execute it. I don't even know who I'm going to Like, I don't even know how to do any of it. I'm like, I, this is what I'm doing. So, and that's what I did when I started the band. I was just like, this is what I'm doing. My mom sat me down and was like, I have my mom on it as a guest on the Project 86 podcast a couple of weeks ago. And she retold the story, which was great because I That's had not so heard cool. her do this. She retold the story of when I 
announced to her that this was going to be my career after graduating college. Like the day I graduated college, I told her, yeah, this is what I'm doing. And she said, like, literally her heart melted, dropped, broke in half, like shattered. She's like, I always thought you were going to be a, like a banker or an accountant. You know, you'd be really successful doing the things. And and I was like, this is what I was supposed to do, I guess. <laughs> I like, <laughs> I, I'm kind of just rolling with the punches here, too. This is just the way that I think I'm supposed to go right now. So anyways, I digress. All these boxes I wanted to check. And I'm like, this is just what I'm doing. I don't know how I'm going to do it, but this is what we're going to do. So we get into doing the record. And and I got to give another shout to Corey because like the first time I went to Arkansas, which is where those, those dudes are from yeah, to work on, you know, writing material together. Uh, I got out this whiteboard in their practice space and I said, okay, here's the story. And I drew this picture of this tower and I wrote all this stuff up there. And I was like, this is it. This is the album. This is what it's going to do. And this is what it's supposed to be. What do you guys think? And I'm like, literally treating it like almost like a corporate pitch because I, I got to get these guys to buy in, yeah. you know, because, because I'm like, this is my team. If they don't buy into this, uh, it's not going to work. I need everybody to buy in because of how much work this is going to be. And Corey looks at me and goes, I love it. He's like, I love it. I was like, really? You sure? And he's like, I love it. I think the idea is great. And I was like, all right. He's like, you know, you're going to have to write a book too. And I'm like, <laughs> you're right. <laughs> hey, you, you already an established author at that point. So I'm just saying. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just like, this is going to kill me. It's so much stuff. And I'm like, yeah, we'll do this animated thing. And I've always wanted to do that. It'll be like live action meets animation. Like it'll be this unique visual experience. It'll be this whole world. I'll be George Lucas inside of it. You know what I mean? All that stuff. So the idea was this. It's really simple. I've always imagined that globalization leads us to a point where there's one entity that controls the world, but it's not a government. It functions as a government, but it's not like, you know, just a government takes over and eats all the other governments. Uh, in this story, it's a big tech company that becomes a government. So, and for the purposes of the story, I call it a technocracy, uh, but it's really an autocratic, automatic st end state, you know, where technology is the driving force of everything that happens in the world in unifying the populace, so to speak. But basically it's a, a story about transhumanism, which is the idea or the philosophy. It's a real philosophy that exists in the world that's gaining momentum. Yeah. That we can eventually reach the point where artificial intelligence or technology will make it so that we can, human beings, can live forever. So that's what it's about. It's it's a story about mankind inventing a way to cheat death and what happens as a consequence. So that's the story. And the tower that you see on the album cover mm -hmm. is basically the culmination of all the technology that mankind has, you know, come up with over the years. And it is actually a, a uh, multifunctional uh, edifice that is first and foremost, from a marketing perspective, a resort destination. <laughs> I'm, looking so, at the, I'm looking at the cover right now. Who, who made the cover? 
the artist is named Don Fury. Uh, Donnie Phillips. He goes by Don Fury on uh, on Instagram. Uh, he's just a really it's great gorgeous artist. I mean, he's worked I... with a ton of people. We wanted to go for like a '70s sci-fi kind of thing, um, and so all the imagery that will be in the package are, is kind of that aesthetic. I'm looking at it. Right. Um, it's, it's there's so, all this so kind rad. of world building art that he's done, but he has all this other stuff that goes with it. This creepy transhumanistic you know, man meets AI kind of stuff that, that, uh, that, that he came up with that just, again, to sort of execute the vision that I gave him. And it's, it's just beautiful. Yeah. So there's a lot to it. Uh, there's a story in it, uh, but it's basically uh, Omni is the name of the company that the big tech company that takes over the world. Right. And there are two, two antagonists, uh, one is named Alexander Ophis. He's the founder of the company. He's kind of a shadow figure. He's not a public figure. He's a behind the scenes uh, puppeteer. And then the other bad guy is uh, the public face of the company. It's this guy named uh, Ryder Bestia. And yeah. he's a, a military political figure uh, that is you know, the public face of Omni. And I actually played both of these characters in this film. So almost uh, like a fun Palpatine Vader type of uh, relationship. I feel like sort of, sort of, except they're kind of equal um, in a sense. Um, but yeah, it, it, it is basically that the emperor is dude, uh, dude, the, the, the tech founder and Vader, who's the face and the menacing presence, is the is the the president. You know what I mean? The the political leader of the whole thing, the face of it. Where do you uh, draw? Okay, uh, I, I want you to finish your thought because I, I have so many so many questions. If we can fit this in, um, uh, but uh, I was gonna say, like, what films inspired you, dude? You know the the starting <laughs> point for all of this was. A couple specific pieces of media. Uh, now there were a lot more along the way that came into the patchwork as far as like inspiration, because we're talking like cyberpunk here, right? So there's a lot of tropes and there's a lot of boundaries and you know things that that make this genre what it is. And I tried to, I don't know, honor the space that I was trying to inhabit in this little segment of this genre. By, you know, again, I hate to use this um, metaphor over and over and over again, but it really is kind of like checking boxes. Yeah. So it's like you got to have certain things. And and the goal here was how can I brush or paint with these trope brushes and still come up with something unique, right? So cyberpunk essentially began in the a pop cultural cultural sense with Blade Runner, the original Blade Runner, which I'm a massive fan of yep. uh, both films. And I'm also a huge Ridley Scott fan. So <laughs> it began with the original Blade Runner and in a lighter sense, uh, the alien films and Prometheus and, uh, you know, a lot of the Ridley Scott stuff, Right. Uh, which also involves Hans Zimmer. Uh, Bro, I'm getting goosebumps with the, with the latest 
uh, Blade Runner film, which is like my favorite film score ever. Yeah. Uh, oh, so, shout out to the shout out to the DP, uh, Roger Deakins. Holy shit! Uh, he also did great. I went to film school for three years, Andrew. So uh, I'm oh, a huge, amazing. Huge, I'm a huge fan of cinematography, and he just so when I see album art like this, it really draws me in. Like I'm just so immersed in the art of Omni when I see that. So anyway, sorry. Uh, cut, cut I'm. I'm a huge fan of all of the above. So that was kind of the starting point. That and a film called Ex Machina. Have you ever seen that that one? Dude, don't get me started. Yes. I absolutely so love that film. If I had to take two films or three films that were the starting point, it's Ex Machina, Blade Runner, Blade Runner 2049. It's those three. Man, um, so I remember, I remember going to see X Machina in theaters. Nobody else, none of my friends wanted to see it. They wanted to go see Avengers: Age of Ultron, which okay, I, I get it, Avengers. But I went and saw that by myself. I was the only one in that theater. I know I'm going off on a tangent again, but man, what an experience to see! Oh X my Machina gosh, in the theater, what Oscar a Isaac, great movie. I think it was what the first a great time movie. I, I think that's the first time I I realized who Oscar Isaac was. He was oh my goodness, just from I didn't even know that was him. I didn't even know it was him. <laughs> And then, of course, that's when all the Star Wars movies came. It's like, oh, that's the guy. And nobody yeah. remembers him from Ex Machina, but maybe they do now. But Jesus, that movie. I mean, you get drawn in. An another movie that I really love, I, I think it's becoming one of my favorites. Um, maybe I'm in the minority here, but have you seen Tenet from Christopher Nolan? I, I, I have watched about an hour of it. Every Dude. time I've sat down to watch it, it's been the wrong moment. I've seen the reviews. I know it's Christopher Nolan. I know it's a great film. But every time I've sat down to watch it, it's mm -hmm. been the wrong time. Like, I've been on a flight. Not and the, I have an hour, that's not hour the time left. to watch it. No. <laughs> it's like that kind of thing. Where And then I'll forget to come back to it. But now that you're saying that, because I know how many, uh, how we have similarities in terms of tastes here yeah. going on. Now that you're you're mentioning it, I I feel like I need to go back and and start from the beginning and watch it. That movie blew me the fuck away. I mean, if when you watch it, Andrew, of course the time and place, whenever you can watch it, do me a favor and watch it with subtitles. Trust me, you will not regret this. Okay, okay. Because how in the world does someone think of a concept of tenant? It is. I still think it's underrated. People are not appreciating it as much. I think it'll be appreciated maybe 10 years down the road. Mm -hmm. But that movie absolutely changed my whole perspective on I mean the the how you track time and how how the concept of time and just the idea of inverse uh behavior. It it was I I, I still refuse to believe Christopher Nolan's actually a human being, the things that mm. he comes up with, but you out of all people like the name the movies that you even mentioned to me you need to watch that movie like i highly recommend you watch that movie blade runner 2049 i think it's the best sequel ever made ever uh top gun maverick is actually up there too as far as like sequels made that was a great sequel it's really good but it's aliens really good. aliens is in my top um is in my top 10 of all time so when i went to film school i don't know if you know this i'll throw this out there um the uh the uh what was i forgot his name but the producer that I met with in film school after I graduated there, he told me a really cool fact about the first Alien movie. The pitch only lasted five seconds. And they almost didn't let Ridley Scott shoot this film. Ridley Scott went in there 
and they told him, hey, you have five seconds. And these are his words. Four words. Jaws in outer space. Well, five words. And that was it. That was the pitch. And that's how that movie was made. They're like, all right, meet meet the guy in the back. He'll take you through the runaround. That's it. That's that, that's what how an amazing elevator pitch. What crazy jaws. And now you think about it. Wow, that's perfect. That's essentially what it is. And anyway, that's just I mean, uh, that's just a, a random random note that I wanted to let you know, because you're a fan of the alien movies. But Prometheus was great. I, I loved uh, Covenant. I don't know how many people didn't, but um, I mean, any alien I liked movie. it too. I loved all alien movies. I might just watch that all tonight after talking to you, dude. But it was just, mm-hmm. um, but that's really cool. Thank you for sharing about so much about what this is all about. I, I wanted to talk about that because for someone like me, I'm, I'm just, I was just so plugged in. Like it was, it was kind of like the Matrix, like plug me in the Omni, you know, don't, don't let me out. So, it was just uh, I feel like we could dive this dive into this even further, um, but dude, man, uh, I know we're, we're approaching our time here on the podcast. Can can I can we bring you back for part two? Yeah. Do you know we when, have to? Do because... you know when, we ha- yeah. Do you know when part two is coming out? Uh, or yeah. are, are you allowed to like announce that yet, or whatever you can and cannot say? But yeah, I just finished re- tracking the vocals uh, entirely for part two uh, two days ago. So my voice More is actually a little raspy this, today. This is great. More Project 86. Yeah. We have recorded 28 songs in the last year. A year and change. 28 songs. So 12 on Omni Part 1, 10 or 11 on Part 2. And then we released five. We called them NFT songs. Basically, we said, okay, we're going to take five songs. And we come up with a price. And it was like highway robbery. <laughs> we, we gave away probably too cheap but uh we opened it up to our patreon community and said first five people you know that give this amount of money you know what i mean um or spend this amount of money and pick up these nft songs you get your own song and you can do whatever with it you want uh and then we did one song for our highest level subscribers on patreon that was just for them. I'm going to well. make sure I, I I plug in your Patreon when this podcast airs because that, that the stuff that you have the material you have on there, I mean that's some that's that's top notch stuff right there. That, I love that you do that. Um, the Patreon link. Okay, I'm just making sure I'm making note of that. But that that's awesome, dude. Yeah, everyone on Patreon also gets to hear all the music before it drops. So like comments, you know, that's the 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 really interesting thing about our Patreon community is it's collaborative it's not just i'm the creator you're the fan it's like i'm gonna let you guys give me comments and then i'm going to listen to your comments and it's going to shape what happens you might not see it those are my friends in the patreon i I, i'm guessing because they probably have the same i'm sure they have the same uh, likeness of what we talk about as far as like films and the themes and the cinematography right so, I mean, it's just a, <laughs> a wide cross-section of people. Okay. But but I will post a demo, and they'll be like, yeah, we like this. This is what we like about it. And I always push people. I'm like, don't say I like it. I don't like it. <laughs> you have to have a reason if you're going to state an opinion. You know, we need constructive uh, dialogue in this community. And that's what's going to help this thing be yeah. everything it can be. So Very I'm true. always using them as basically a test audience. Shout out to your Patreon, man, because yeah. they are, it feels like they are a very, um, 
a, what is it? A productive catalyst in just making this whole thing happen. And I yeah. love that, dude. People care about your shit, Andrew. Don't, don't yeah, stop. yeah. It doesn't. I don't always feel that way. So like now I feel that way. So now I'm like, oh, dude, how am I gonna? Because it's the the challenge is always how do you, dude? Just take it day by day. Yeah, I was gonna say way. just just take it day by day. You know, don't. Oh, that's what don't, I'm doing. That's yeah. what I do. That's yeah. what I do. Yeah, for sure. So right now I, I'm just we've got a shoot coming up in a couple of days. I just finished the vocals for part two. We're gonna drop part two. Uh, our our deadline for wrapping production is June first, so we're gonna drop part two probably September, um, and then we're gonna play shows after that. And uh, we're not gonna drop the film and the book until the end of the year. So we have content. Boom, 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 Oof. boom. Coming. Music videos, more music videos coming. So Dude, it's it's so it's nice all to have. Gonna be. Man, it's out. so nice to have things like that to look Staggered. forward to, Andrew. Like, like, listen, to, you're so passionate about what you're talking about. See, so again, take it day by day because it's just, and it's dropping in September. That's James' birthday, actually. That's his birthday month. So hopefully we can, if you want to, if you want to do the podcast at that time, please let me know. Um, I would love nothing more oh, than, we than, than to, than to stay, <laughs> <laughs> I would love nothing more than to stay in touch with you, brother, because I mean, you made my entire week. Like, I was looking forward to this. I'm so glad we were able to reschedule this and and talk about, really, it was just, dude, all we're missing is just a couple of drinks and just, you know, hanging out. And it was so great to speak with you. I know we've covered a good amount of ground on this awesome conversation, dude. I mean, again, thank you again. I will never stop thanking you for what you've done, for sharing so much about who you are and what Project 86 is all about and, and representing yourself, even the OC in the form of display that you are, I know from the different experiences and perspectives, you know, in your timeline that you have taken in, which we have discussed about, you know, performing for as long as you have and the people you have met and work with during these amazing records, really the touring growing fan base. And yes, it's still growing as we're speaking, getting through that crazy pandemic, your experience with, you know, that those that nodule, that 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 burden, that monkey off your back that's officially off your back. And yeah. the relationship with your your bandmates, yourself, the music, I feel like we're entering an important part in Project 86's career with this chapter. I'm excited to see where you go from here, Andrew. I've always been excited to see where you go from here, but probably this is the most important one as a fan there's definitely a level of inspiration in what you're doing and you're seeing results dude that's the important thing let me ask you this as we end this interview thanks for all that man uh, uh no thank you have your aspirations as a musician hell as a human being have they changed or evolved since when you first started performing in the industry like do you see things differently today well i yeah i'm gonna adult now when i started i was a college kid and it, and when you start things like this you don't look that far down the line it, it was never you know we wanted to be serious about what we were doing and my you know i started the band and it took me a couple of years to put the pieces together and we had people come and go in the early years quite a bit till we found some stability and then after some years of stability we had guys leave and new guys come in in the fold so it's it's you know there's always a, a an obstacle to overcome but uh what's changed for me well first let's talk about what hasn't changed 
all I really wanted to do in the beginning is make music that I, I would enjoy listening to. And that's still what I try to do. If it's something that I like and I'm passionate about, and sometimes the trick is figuring out where, where the passion lies, right? So sometimes you think it's one direction and, and then it, maybe it needs to be a different direction. It took me a while to realize I need to be making heavier music and really lean into that and really fight for that and really make sure that that happens. The more aggressive it is, the more it's in my wheelhouse uh, and whatever that means. So uh, it took me a long time to get there. But the goal has always just been the music, right? Mm -hmm. Do whatever you can to make the art that you like and good things will come. So that that has not changed. Uh, the the challenge along the way has been one, staying in touch with, like I just said, my own heart and making sure that there's a heart connection there with what I'm producing, what I'm creating. Because it it it's not it, like every step of the way, you're always changing, you're always evolving. Your circumstances are changing, and you have to change with them. And you can hear it from record to record where I really was connected at that moment and then there are other moments where i was less connected i admit it you know certain records certain songs certain just periods in the history what has changed is that i'm an adult and i have to be able to justify the time investment just by being able to make a living doing it not getting rich not you know investment properties and mm -hmm. such you know i've taken a vow of poverty here <laughs> but doing this with my life it's paying off dude yeah so i still get to live in socal but i live in a box i don't live in a huge house or anything like that i don't drive a, an amazing fancy car dude i gotta come visit you because you know? I, I go to california every year so i'm i'm in the area sure, man. Time, so i i would i would love to do coffee or dinner or something like that, that would that'd be, be so incredible. great yeah I, I, family, think, I think it would be a three-hour meal because we would not stop talking. we would not stop talking and, and i family who lives in uh fullerton so i i see that yeah it's close to where i am yeah i'm so familiar with that area dude it, yeah i would love to, to meet up with you for coffee or dinner and I, I mean that sincerely uh when you're out here next of course uh the main thing is just how do i make money doing this or at least make enough money so that you know i i can treat it as my full-time job that's always been the vision if I'm going to do this, I know how much time is required to do it on the level that I want to do it. And I can't really have much else in my life besides relationships. Uh, it has to be this, all this or nothing. Uh, and that's always been the, the thing. Like I can't, I can't just do it as a hobby. I can't just do it as a, like a part-time gig or whatever, because the art will suffer. It, it will not be, it will be, It'll be half-assed is what, what it will be. So that's the challenge. And, you know, during this phase of things, thankfully, you know, we've had the Patreon, we've had the pre-order, and at least I've been able to stay afloat while creating this stuff and devoting the amount of resources to it. Um, and I should mention this, you know, making a double album, uh, doing the film, the animated film, I didn't even share that part of it. Uh, the miraculous... Yes. Yeah, falling out of the sky that happened. I basically went to the Patreon community and said, I don't know how to make an animated film. Like, I know how to do it. I know how to storyboard. I know how to make a story. I know how to communicate 
characters and narrative and arc and all of it. I had to do all that, but I don't have a connection to anyone who's going to take a shoestring budget and make this grandiose vision come to life in the way that I want to. And I said that on several podcasts and wouldn't, you know, it, one of our Patreon community came to me and said, yo, I work, I work for this huge media company. I, uh, my dad owns a film school. I went to film school. I know people, oh I, can, I can help you execute <laughs> this. And sure enough, he did. And so it's me, him as producer, and he's never done a thing. This is his first thing. I gave him a shot because he's willing to help. And then he connected us with this other dude, this guy named Spencer Olson. Joel Corpy is the name of the guy, the producer dude. Yeah. And uh, Spencer's a visual effects dude. And his wheelhouse is exactly what I wanted to do. And we were able to get some, some extra cash from the Patreon folks. And, uh, you know, we're still raising money because we need more, but we're going to make it happen. And if you look at those music videos, I mean, they look like they're hundred grand each. Dude, that looks so good. They do. And it's, bro, it is, not, it is a shoestring budget uh, that we're doing all this on. So that's another miracle. And so it's just boom, 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 boom. So, yeah, what's changed is I have to be able to at least justify the time investment uh, with all this. Uh, So far, I have been able to. uh, We'll see. If I come out on the other side of this in massive debt or something, uh, I'll probably throw myself off a bridge. (laughs) Please don't do that. We got to bring you back on another podcast. That's why. But, Andrew, Andrew, man, dude, I'm I'm so proud of you, man. Uh, It's so crazy that, that, that you tell me that. You have a hard time believing people care. Look at what you just told me. <laughs> a Patreon came in and like now you're you're making it happen. Like it, the the impact, even I, I would even go far as to say you left a legacy on, you know, people like me, people like my brother and the fans that we've talked about in this entire last hour. And shout out to everyone whose uh, lives that you've impacted in such a positive way that they're wanting more from you. And you have so much left. To give out there, like mm. the ideas that come, like, like the ideas that you come up with, it's so like I want to, I want to visit that part of your brain. I want to pick that part to see what else can we get. If you can make this mm-hmm. happen, which you are, you're seeing it happen. You have another. I mean, this entire year is going to be filled with this new, uh, revised, like, uh, and just unhinged version of Project Eighty Six that none of us i mean you probably haven't even envisioned it a few years back and and dude lp2 is really good too man like i just listened before i hopped on this podcast some roughs (laughs) to some roughs and i'm like oh my gosh people's minds are going to be blown again my mind was already blown with part one how in the it's two eps one is a little bit more digital leaning but still really heavy and the other we've just been calling like brutality because it's like yeah more extreme heavy like it's like fast like it's metal but it's it's gnarly (laughs) and awesome it's not all fast but like it's just more extreme in the heavy sense it's more metal but the songs are really good and so like when people hear this stuff and here's the other thing i was talking to matt this morning and then we'll and then we'll hop off so the song that we did, the, the Platinum guys are going to kill me for this, but it's okay. I'm going to I'm going to sell them on it. So the Platinums are our highest level on Patreon. Yeah, and we did this exclusive song just for them, and it's like the best song of all the songs. 
of anything on both records. It's the best song. And I'm like, oh my gosh, dude. I'm like, only 25 people are going to hear this. Or however many people are on there. 20, 18, I don't know. There's a few. Let's just put it that way. It's a very small number. And I'm like, dude, I don't know what to do. <laughs> I'm going to do what I said I was going to do. I'm going to give them this song. And I thought about it this morning. I was like, I'm going to go back in my word with these people. I'm going to, I'm going to pitch them this idea. I'm going to give them another song. I'm going to do another song and give it to them. They're going to have exclusive access to this song for three months, four months, six months, whatever. And then we're going to put this on LP2. And it's going to put LP2. It's going to kick LP2 up to officially beating LP1. It will. It just will because it's such a good song. And we have so many other really rad songs that are on LP2. It's just a different thing because it's all bangers. LP1 is more of like a cinematic ride, right? LP, LP, LP2. LP1 was like, uh, it, it was like a, it was telling me the story as I was going through track by track yeah. by track. Yeah, it is. A, con- so, a continuation. LP2 is two EPs about one, an EP each about the bad guys, about the, the antagonists. And so it's backstory origin stories type stuff, mantra, character building stuff about the two bad guys. That's what they are. So it's more bangers. It's not like narrative. It's just like bits and pieces, pictures of who these dudes are, you know? God. Who who influences... That's probably the biggest tease I've ever had in my life. (laughs) So like... I cannot I'm telling wait for you, this. dude. I wouldn't say it. I wouldn't say it if I didn't mean it. But I, I believe you. Like, I trust me. I was oh, freaking earlier this morning when I was listening to Russ. I was like, "Oh my gosh, people are not ready for this." this Isn't is it great so though? Good. Isn't it great? This is though? so like, good. Like the fact I was that, like that, gushing earlier. I love it when people show much appreciation about about their own work. That's really cool to see. Uh, I mean, nothing drives me more than seeing someone like you go ape shit about your own material. That's well, cool. here's what happened, dude. I figured out how to sing finally. I finally figured out on album 11 how to sing. So I was like baby stepping on LP1. Yeah. LP2, I'm just totally unhinged. So it's like I was, I figured out that I, ha- I called it the fourth gear. So I always done these like singing vocals and then the sh- like a shouting vocal and then like an aggressive singing. I've always done some, those are three different like, Voices I've always done, and talking, I guess, is in there. So let's say talking, spoken word, singing, and shouting. Those have been my three, like, voices throughout my career. And then I went to this, I call it fourth gear, which is more of the, like, guttural, like, metal, metalcore sounding growl. I'm not trying to be metalcore or whatever. It's just what yeah. comes out when I try to do metal, heavy stuff. That's fucking so heavy. I, I found that for the first time in the studio on this record but i hadn't done it that much in a live setting i did it live like in a studio or i'm saying at a performance but i hadn't done it in the studio much so i'm just kind of baby stepping through it lp2 i figured out what i'm doing and there's another whole thing that i'm doing on lp2 that i didn't do on lp1 which is transitioning between the voices and finding other voices that are in between so did this thing, I call it the fifth gear on LP2 that I didn't do on LP1. We call it in the studio, we call it unhinged. So it's like another voice that doesn't sound totally guttural. That's just me sounding like I completely lost it. 
and not in a cheesy way, but in more like a believable way. And like Darren, who plays, I got to give a shout to Darren King, plays guitar for me. He's also a producer. Yeah. Um, we've worked together for 10 years on stuff and like he's, he, he has his hands all over LP two. He did some stuff on LP one, but I'm using it more on LP two just to kind of make it a little different. And he's producing all the vocals and he's doing a lot of production on, on the digital side of things. And like we, he's just awesome. He's just such a rad dude. And he's one of these guys that's like so talented at everything like from programming to guitar to producing to singing to he has this death growl that goes on that that is on a few songs on lp1 that will be all over lp2 that is insane that i can't do it's like a lower than mine it's like like almost subharmonic death growls I'm like how do you do that dude and he's like like i'm a pretty big dude i'm 62 i weigh 200 pounds he's like 58 weighs like 150 you know He's yeah. just like much smaller than me. And he's just like has way bigger death growl than me. And I'm like, how do you do that, dude? He's like, I don't know. Just what comes out. I'm like, you got some darkness, bro. You but, guys are taking this on the road, right? Are you going to like do a tour? I would love to come, back to, da- I, come yeah, back to Dallas, yeah. please. <laughs> we're for sure going to play. I don't know how it's all going to look. Like we were talking about that in the studio. He's like, what are we going to play? How are we going to do this? I'm like, I don't know. Let's cross that bridge when we come to it. Um, but getting back to LP2, like he's basically telling me whenever you do the unhinged vocal, he's like, that is your secret weapon. He's like, whenever you do that, it's so over the top and crazy. I get chills. I'm like, I get chills when I listen to it. So there's a whole nother thing <laughs> that I introduced on LP2 that I didn't do on, on LP1. Not on purpose. It's just because I learned how to use my voice even more in the studio trying stuff you know so that's it i'll stop gushing no, I'm really no, excited. i was gonna say we could keep this going but dude i i, I want to save the best for the next podcast dude because i'm gonna bring yeah. you on as many times as possible dude this has been dude i've done so many and i've lost how many count i've done this was definitely one of my favorites i mean considering Thanks, like like I, I grew up on your music dude i mean both me and my brother bonded over your band that's crazy I mean, how it doesn't get any better than that but man i can't wait for people to just i mean omni part one's out but now it's just like man that may be one of the biggest teases of my life um and i can't wait for keep me keep me posted dude i'm sure i'll probably get you know down the line i don't know if I will. uh once there's like a draft of part two that's out because <laughs> the unhinged version man unhinged andrew schwab unhinged and you you saying this is your... it, it's probably probably the question is like you were hinged before it's like <laughs> I, I it's just a word it's just it's just it's like a hybrid vocal between like shouting and scream and guttural yeah I'm but not even I'm not more, even like sounds just crazier more emotional I guess or more not... just like okay I officially lost it at this point I'm not even thinking about any final chapter or project anything after we just what we just talked about I don't think you should either that's just from my perspective i think you should take it i'm just taking it one day at a time just one day at a time bro dude keep making the music you love that's all because if i can and people enough people support it and i can justify it time-wise and just stay where i'm at right now and dude yeah there will be no end in sight i just don't i don't know what it all looks like i don't i don't know because it always comes back to well how do i do it like how do i execute it 
you know, and I've been figuring it out and like, I got to The last thing I want to say, and then I got to go, um, <laughs> is I cannot communicate how thankful I am, how thankful I am for the, the, the miracle of like the voice stuff, like the miracle of the people I've been able to work with the miracle that, uh, the Patreon community has been the miracle that all the people that have come out of the woodworks to support during like what I've called the final chapter, you know, uh, it's just been overwhelming. It's so cool, dude. And I wake up every day with this just smile because I'm so stoked. I'm like, I get to create stuff. I love today. I get to create sci-fi horror metal dark, but with a purpose stuff, you know, and like, I gotta say this, dude. I, I mean, I don't, I don't know where people are at with all of this. Like, and I'm certainly the last person to be this guy. But I gotta just give a shout to like God, like for yeah. like just showing up, just showing up, and just like doing all this stuff because it's not. It's like more than me. It's like it's always been more than me. But like, I can't do all this stuff on my own. Like it's too much work, <laughs> you know? And like my literal prayer has been every day, like just give me the resources I need externally and internally, meaning the inspiration and the morale and the longevity and the passion every day to see all this through. Because when I look at it on paper, I'm like, I can't do all this, dude. Like this, this is way too much. I'm taking on too much. And here I am. I'm even more passionate about this today than I was two years ago when we started this journey. And we've got a long ways to go. So, yeah, we got a lot left to do here. Andrew, do you know a band called 238? No. <laughs> okay. We'll talk. We'll say that for a different time because okay. uh, alongside the bands that, that I mentioned that um, we listened to, like you guys were a part of bands like Reliant K and pod blindside those like uh, christian rock bands that me and my brother grew up mm -hmm. listening to together i want to save that for uh, a podcast next time because there's so many stories that's that cool we're gonna, we're gonna talk about but 238 was one of the bands uh they were a they were a christian indie rock band i don't think they're around mm -hmm. anymore but uh they would play on their local radio station which is not around here anymore it was power 89.7 power fm and yeah would, i remember they, that station. dude i would call it every saturday night and request songs from like pillar even project 86 uh uh, uh what is it one of my favorite bands earth suit which are no longer around i mean yeah. i'm talking about like, oh, dude exactly like 22 years ago 2001 like i remember just sitting there and just requesting mm. your songs on that and jade and uh jade was the she was like the the anchor that night and she would always know sunny is that you like how do you always find a way to call a saturday night i'm always recording i get dude i was a kid i had nothing to do saturday night you know and i would i would listen to 89.7 it was it was it was great it was also the year like i i was introduced to like god so that's a whole different tease that i'm giving you so i want to yeah. talk about that maybe down the line with me and my brother on the podcast with you but anyway this has been great, dude. <laughs> I know we're, we we can't stop talking, dude. <laughs> I gotta come visit, fun, man. I gotta come visit just, you out in OC. I'm, please I, do, I, man. I think please I do, will, man. Yeah, after I graduate, I think I'm I'm planning to go out there this summer because I got so many friends out there that yeah, seen and they they're begging me to come out there. So uh, I will definitely keep you posted on that and then keep in touch. Don't be a stranger, please. Let me know. 
when you want to yeah, talk dude. about part two and, sure. and touring sure. and so on and so forth. All right. Yeah. Yeah. De- definitely. Yeah. And, and everyone who's listening, this is Andrew Schwab from Project 86. Omni Part One is out now on March twenty. Uh, it dropped on March twenty fourth. It's out now, Part One, and people can uh, can they buy this record also through the website and like at least the yeah. Part One. You can you can pre order the vinyl, yeah. and the CD awesome. and merch and all kinds of stuff. Just visit us at Project Eighty Six dot com and make please sure do give, yeah please and do. make sure you give them a follow on the socials. Part Two comes out this year. I mean, so much to look forward to, dude. And uh, thanks, man. Don't don't forget you can listen to this podcast on all major podcast streams out there. Check us out on interviewinterfire.com. Andrew, much love. Thank you from the bottom of my heart, man. Uh, like I said, stay in touch. Nothing but the best for you and the bands and your boys from here on out. Keep crushing it. You have a we'll newfound passion that I can take and learn from, and I can apply it every day to everything that I do. So um, thank you again, man. I'll talk to you soon, bud. Thanks, Sonny. We'll talk <laughs> soon, man. Take care. All right. Later. We'll see you. Hey guys, thanks for listening to Interview Under Fire Podcast. If you guys like what you heard, please subscribe and share our channel. And please leave a five-star review as that helps us tremendously. If you'd like to check out more, visit www.interviewunderfire.com or our social media channels on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. And finally, we want to thank you all for the support you've been giving us. Keep it burning.